Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Meta. I'm your host, Jay Larson, and joining me this week is baby Michael Stone. Hello, Michael. Hello, how are you doing? I am well, how are you? Doing good, thanks for having me on. Well, thank you. So is am I the only person that uh, has that nickname for you, or is it a more widespread one? Uh, what, baby Michael? Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's just been accepted. Uh, it's like on all of my New Jerseys now. Um, like I'm about to get a uh, New Jersey from like the Midwest guys, and it's going on there. Like it's it, everyone everyone knows. So is it uh, mainly because you have such a baby face slash look so young, or what did where did the roots of the the nickname come from? Um, so when I moved up to the Virginia area. In 2018, I was 19, so I was the youngest uh, person at the store. And one of the guys uh, said I was the baby of the group now, and therefore I must be baby Michael now. And it like it, it just like stuck and kind of just <laughs> went from there. Um, so that's just oh, and I think at like one point like Pete Seretti and when Sung was still playing. Uh, they made like a Facebook group that was the Baby Michael fan club, <laughs> and that kind of just cemented it. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, but there's, a, I guess, there's definitely like worse nicknames that exist. So like this one's that's, that's this true. one's a pretty yeah. one to have. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so before we dive into uh, listener questions, um, I did want to go over another topic with you. Um, I had recently. Um, a friend had told me that your your the pronouns that you prefer to have used with you are they them, um, and I chatted a little bit with you about it before the podcast to see if you're okay talking about this. Um, I think it's an interesting topic because I think that um, it's good to show that our community is diverse and that it's it's welcoming of uh, a wide range of people. Um, so. My, my understanding is that you uh, consider yourself to be non-binary. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. And so if, I guess, there's there's likely some listeners who have not had much contact or experience with, with people who classify themselves. Um, I guess, what does what does that mean to you? Um, so personally, like, everyone kind of has, like, a different... Um different viewing of like because gender is a spectrum so um the way i personally view it is that i don't really identify myself as either male or female like some people early on in their age like realize that they're not uh like if they're born male they're like oh this doesn't identify with like who i am and doesn't fit right like it'd be like if i called you if I referred to you as like she or her, like it wouldn't sit right. Mm. Um, but I felt that way with both. Uh, growing up, I was referred to as he him because that was my gender at birth. Um, and like it never really sat right. But I knew that like I didn't um, quite like I didn't identify as female either. So um after like many years i think it was it was kind of like covid that happened and kind of like more people were realizing and had the time to have the self like introspections where i kind of was able to look more into it and realize like oh there is this like in between that exists like there's 
there's something that's outside being just male or just female. Um, and that's kind of what it is. It's kind of that, like, in-between. Um, like, I know some people have, like, he-they, where they, like, lean more male, but they're also kind of, like, in the in-between as well. And same with, like, she-they. Uh, so it's, it's kind of, like, uh, just, like, in-between of the gender spectrum. Okay. Um, so is there, I guess, anything when in, in the normal course of um, associating with you that... Um, I guess uh, best practices or things that you'd recommend, but besides uh, the, the using hopefully the, the pronouns that, that you'd prefer. Um, so I know like so personally, like I, for the longest time had the bad habit of saying like guys to everybody, like it could be a group of like women. And I'd mm -hmm. say like, Hey guys, mm -hmm. uh, personally, like that's not something that like bothers me. Cause I still kind of do it. Um, but like, I know like, if you're looking to if people are looking to just improve their uh like language overall like that's some something some people might not uh, be cool with and it's definitely something I've, I've been trying to move away towards like rather than guys i say like you all or like everybody yeah another one that i've uh seen some people recommend is when addressing a group of, a group of people saying something like folks instead of guys or dudes or whatever yeah <laughs> folks works too um it's kind of just like the re I guess that's more of like the region you're from. Like I grew up mm -hmm. in the south, so like y'all is very right. Yeah, yeah. Like stuck in my brain, so I typically like default to you all. Okay, um, well, but just I like just, stuff like that, ahead, yeah. like just trying to like avoid like if you don't know somebody's pronouns or just something like just avoiding gendered language if you can up until you kind of like have that conversation with someone. Okay. Um. Well, I. And is, I guess, is there anything else on, on the topic that you think would be useful to cover? Uh, not, uh, not particularly. I think the, there's one of the many benefits of the War Machine community that I've kind of witnessed is it is a very, uh, it's one of the more diverse communities of like gamers I've been a part of. Mm -hmm. Like I've been in many groups and like over, over the years, like each of those groups have kind of grown upon themselves, but like in my, personal experience like the war machine community has been like very welcoming and accepting which is a uh, really great to have yeah i you know there's i'm i'm someone who's gay there's you know prominent people in the community that are, are gay or trans or non-binary so i think it's um i think it's great that we're able to uh, hopefully be inclusive and share a, a hobby that uh we we all enjoy together yeah we're all just wanting to push uh, plastic models across the board and roll some dice, hang out, have a good time. Yeah. So it's it's cool that people are accepting and kind of just like, like yeah, like I accept for you for who you are. Let's have a good time, play some games, kind of thing. All right, so um, let's let's go ahead and get into the meat of the podcast. Again, this will be around a forty-five or fifty-minute episode, and then we'll have a bonus episode for the patrons. Um, and I guess to start off, you you recently attended Captain Con and uh, won the the main event for for that tournament. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about how Captain Con was, and then talk a little bit about your list? Yeah. So um, so Captain Con's a really cool event. Uh, I've gone. This was the third time of me attending it. Uh, they have a cool setup where there's multiple ways of qualifying for the Masters. 
typically they do champions. They didn't do it this year because there wasn't much interest just because that champions roster hasn't been updated in a while. Uh, they do champions and what they call uh, standard issue, which is just like the Masters qualifier on Friday. Uh, in this case, it was the top two of each flight, and there was four flights. And then there, uh, they took the best two ranked third place of across the four. Um, and then they on Saturday they do a three man team event, uh, which is the New England team tournament, um, where the top two teams also qualify in. So there's a there's a few different like avenues on like getting in on qualifying and just like a range of events, which I think is always really cool. Uh, I'm a big fan of team events, um, so it was. I always enjoy having the opportunity to participate in both those and solo events during like the same weekend, uh, which is one of the big selling points of Captain Con, besides being a closer event to me as well. Uh, plus, Seth and Zosha always organize a uh, extremely well-done event, so I'll always go to whatever they run. Um, so on Friday, I played in the standard issue. Um, I was playing Kruger 2, Secret Masters, and Balder 1 Tharn. Um, the Kruger 2 list has kind of changed over time. It definitely changed a bunch with the update. Uh, like, I started playing with Living Beasts again, which was really cool. Uh, that's not something that really was done for a while. Uh, the update kind of shook up a lot of how, uh, Circle looks, which is really fun. Like, I'm still playtesting things now that just i haven't gone to since the update um but like it, it's still fairly standard to like what close to what i was playing last year it lost some of the riot quest models but it gained like uh like two living heavies and like a world and like two world weirds as opposed to like malvin and like some super solos but still had like death archons um still had hermit um a change i did add was it got slaughterhousers for that weekend because I played a similar list at LVO and I was like, oh, I need some like extra garbage in here. And like the cheapest unit that like actually contributed to work was uh, Slaughterhousers. So I thought like might as well give them a try. There was like no testing beforehand on like what they did or like if they fit in the list. I was just like, I need something else. Uh, and then the Balder 1 list was fairly standard. It was double Ravagers, well, um, double Primal. A Storm Raptor and a Gorax, uh, and like Lore of the Feast. Uh, basically like the best hits of Tharn. Uh, I, I did take double primals, which is a bit non standard just because I thought, uh, like given what I was seeing between like just early testing locally and, uh, at LVO the prior week, I thought they'd, uh, be a really good fit in terms of, uh, just being hard to remove pieces on top of Baldur's feet. Um, so going into the standard issue, uh, I kind of like, there was still some really good competition in my heat, but like just off the bat, like some of the instant names I think of, I, I was pretty happy not seeing my heat. Like JVM was in a different heat, Brandon Owens, Justin Dew, uh, like Rich Owens. There was like a bunch of names are just not in my heat. There were still a few good players, but like, uh, it was was nice to start off with like not having to see one of those names across from me around one. not saying I didn't want to play them. It's just, uh, it's always rough having like a early start of the event and like getting some of the harder rounds early. Uh, 
So round one, I got a semi-local. He's out of uh, Philly. Uh, he plays Max Kenny. He plays Trolls. Uh, and he had Madrek 3, which I was excited to play Balder 1 into until I looked at a second list and saw it was Gunny 2. Um, so there was a bit of a sign there. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm playing Kruger. And then I gonna fast forward a bit and just say that i played kruger for the entire weekend uh which i guess isn't a big surprise for most people uh considering that's typically what i do anyways like i'll just play kruger even if it's a harder matchup for him just because i usually just default to him uh but i get through uh three uh get through that round uh with a win just able out attrition him and went out on scenario uh round two i play rick co who's playing cg uh he's got Silvestro and gearheart and this was like not a pair i wanted to see at all like i didn't have like a good answer to Silvestro. i was uh seeing a lot of lucas so i was like okay like kruger can play the lucas match like it's very interactive on both sides with the Silvestro match kind of like has a really explosive turn of like guns that get around Kruger's protection. Um, but I'm able to get like a decent attrition early, uh, based off like a TK on a train and like trading a heavy for the train. Um and then I eventually like look at the board and I'm like, okay, like I can walk Kruger out and not score the circle. Uh like I've killed a bunch of his models. This was like turn three or turn four. Uh I think it was turn four. Uh and I'm like, okay, like I'll just walk Kruger into the zone, there's not much that can kill him, and I'll score it. And I didn't measure melee range to his arc node, and through a chain of events, he's able to get his arc node onto me, which normally I'd be fine, like the assassination odds were like 1%, uh, except uh, if he hits the Stygian and crits the Stygian on Kruger, which with how things ended up, he only had one chance to do it, uh, it goes to like a 60%, which he ended up getting the crit, which I'm like, okay, this this isn't looking good. Uh, and then he gets the arc node on Kruger and like kills him with the last attack to the box. And I'm like, okay, like I could have avoided that, but he took the outs that he had. Um, so now I'm playing for second to try and get in. And uh, round three, I get Ryan Schmidt, who runs the Blightbringer, or uh, one of the co-hosts of the Blightbringer podcast. Uh, and it's a fairly quick game. He uh, made an early mistake on letting two old weirds get on Azrael, who had an upkeep. Um, and then Kruger did Kruger things and scored out five points on the next turn. <laughs> uh, and then I'm able to sneak into second that way. Uh, through strength of schedule, I think I was up by a point. And if not, I got in through, like, CPs, just because I ended the day with, like, an insane amount of CPs, because Kruger does Kruger things. Um, and then... Of course, like after getting the results, it's like cool. My next day doesn't matter. Uh, so we get up to normal like end of day con antics of like board games, hanging out, having a good time, having dinner like with a group of people I haven't been able to hang out with for a while. Uh, like I think that was the first time I've seen like Zosha since uh, since COVID and like a bunch of other uh, people. I was just like, oh, I haven't seen you since Captain Con 2020. It's like good to see your face again. Uh, which has been like the probably the best part of cons over the past like six seven months is just like seeing people. I'm like, huh, 
last time I saw you, I thought I'd see you in like three months. Yeah. Uh, so it was just great to like hang out and have a good time end of Friday. Uh, and Saturday, the team event, I kind of took it easy. Uh, unfortunately, originally me and Justin planned to team up with Mark Andre, uh, who unfortunately couldn't make it because uh, travel conditions across like Canada and the U.S. changed between uh, when we planned on teaming up and when uh, as it got closer to the event. So he had to bail out from the event and. Uh, JVM and Brandon Owens had a teammate who had to bail out of the event last minute because he tested positive with COVID. Um, so I, so Justin joined JVM and Brandon and I did what I did the previous year and, uh, join a team of two random people I've never met before and just kind of have a good time and hang out, roll some dice and play some games, uh, which is always a blast. Like at this point, it's almost Captain Con tradition for me of just meeting two random people and playing uh playing on the team event with them and honestly that's like super great to do like i get to hang out with people i've never met and kind of like go through the matchmaking process with someone i've never learned like their dynamics which is always fun and just get to learn how they approach the game um which after three rounds we end up dropping because one of the guys wanted to get dinner uh so i got to watch the finals and then Sunday, I got to do uh, Masters Finals, which was uh, it was a nice relief given uh, my poor performance at LVO. It was just an off weekend for me that weekend and kind of like rattled my, my head a bit. So it was nice to just like go in and be like, OK, I, I did what I needed to do. Anything past like round one, I could lose round one and I'm good. Like I I've just redeemed myself a bit mentally like I I've, I'm. I'm no longer in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, round one, I get to play Julian Lassange, who's a great player. Uh, he just got selected for one of the WTC teams with Nate. Uh, he's playing uh, Merc. He was playing Mercs at the event. Um, and we play like a real long, uh, like seven round game of Ostrom versus Kruger. Like I think the game ended, we had a combined like total of like two or three minutes on the clock. And like the score was like 16, 13 in my favor, uh, at the end of bottom of seven. Like it was just like an insane round one, uh, that I'm like, okay, that was real exhausting round one. Uh, not, not the most ideal for if I wanted to keep going for the day, but we'll see. Um, and then round two, I get one of the guys out of the New York meta came with the battle driven crew. Name's slipping my brain. I feel bad, but I'm awful with names. Uh, but he was playing Rhett. Um, he had Gorshade 4 and I believe Assyria, uh, which he drops Gorshade 4. I play Kruger 2 to no surprise. Um, it's split decision, so I won the roll and went second because it's one of the more live scenarios. And against Gorshade, that's kind of like what I'm looking for. I'm looking to kind of close it out early on scenario. Because the uh, long game is a bit of a struggle for me. Uh, and through some misevaluations and positioning errors, I get to do what I was wanting and close it out pretty early on scenario. Just because he approached it a bit passively and I got to like do what I wanted for the turn two and turn three. Like It played exactly how I was needing it to. Uh, but we were able to talk it out and he realized some of the mistakes is made. And like we talked out like ways of fixing the positioning and the approach overall. Uh, which is always great. Like I, 
I lo- always love the post-game talks because it's kind of like I get to see like how they were approaching the game in their mind and like different ways I could have approached it. Uh, so I'm I'm too low at that point. I'm like okay, like feeling good. Uh, and then uh, after round two, completely, I look at the final four standings and it's like everyone from East Coast. It's uh, like two people out of Philly, guy out of Jersey, and me. And I'm like okay, like this is. This is ideal. Like, no matter who wins this event, like a like semi-local of this event's taking East Coast away. is going to represent. Yeah, like, like t- top four right now is East Coast representation. Like, this feels good. Like, we're all pretty happy. Uh, and then I look at the pairings and I realize I got Karchev two on Invasion, which no one ever scores on Invasion because it's like the most dead scenario ever. And I'm like, this is not what I wanted. I'm no longer happy. <laughs> uh. But he makes some early mistakes, which lets me kind of like get some early trades in, which is like what the Kruger 2 list is looking to do on a dead scenario into Karchev. Um, and eventually it bleeds down to a point where uh, he has to commit Karchev and I'm able to just kill Karchev back because of everything he had to do. Like he had to stand in his own hermit aura uh, and he had to go down to like three focus, which... We both forgot uh, that he had focus. So when I went in on the assassination, it was way easier than I expected. Uh, and then a buddy walked over after we packed up and uh, pointed out that he was still camping three. Uh, which like we we started like looking at it and like I had to roll like a I had to do 13 damage at dice even for the next two attacks. So I need to roll like a seven and a six, which isn't the most insane. And, like, even if that doesn't happen, like, it's still looking quite good of a table state for me. So it was more of, like, a good humor that I'm never going to let him forget. Every time we play, I'm just going to be like, hey, just as a reminder, you're, you can use focus to <laughs> stop me from killing your caster. Um, that was a good finish. And then uh, I'm watching my buddy Derek, who also got selected for Nate's team, which really cool uh happy for him he's been on a uh real tear lately between like online events and just the last few events he went to locally um and i'm watching his his game and he pulls it out and i just walk over i'm like hey buddy it's me and you in the finals uh which like that's a great feeling like we we get to play a ton we've done like tons of dojoing so like getting to play somebody that like you're very happy to lose to in the finals is like a great feeling because you leave the table happy either way um which like even if it's not somebody that you feel that way about like typically you can leave the final table like pretty happy of like oh i made it to the finals but it's kind of like you lose you're happy for the other person because it's a good friend who just won the finals and then if you win you're happy for yourself so it's like a nice win-win situation going in uh which we play the kruger 2 old witch 2 matchup um and it was just like a game of like wacky dice like i like world weirds failing to kill doom reavers at dice off two and he had a turn where like he devoted like 18 plus points of models to killing an objective and like left it on three um and then eventually it gets like real close on time it's getting real down to the wire like most of the game we've been tied on cps um and then I'm able to score to engage all of his contesting models that can get into my zone in melee. Uh, and he has like 
I think at that point he had like five seconds left to play out his turn seven. Um, and I got his Devastator out of control and far enough away that it can't get into my zone either. So him contesting is a bit of a problem, especially with just five seconds. And I was able to get a Stalker into both his zone and contesting his flag. So I'm able to go up to, and he has to also score two and contest both my elements. My uh, on recon two uh, had to both contest my flag and zone with five seconds. Uh, so he throws my Stalker out uh, of the zone, and then uh, after he rolls damage, he tries to clock over and clocks. Which, like, we talk it out, and I'm like, hey, like, you hit the clock, like, as you clocked, would you, like, I'm fine with you saying you passed it over to me. Um, and then, like, he he points out that, like, the way he threw my stalker, it's still contesting his flag, so either way, it doesn't matter. All I have to do is just pass clock and win the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I end up pulling it out just barely. Like, it was by the smallest of hairs. Like, it, it very much could have been a game I lost on bottom of seven if... Like, one or two dice rolls went a bit differently there at the end of the game for me. Um, but then it was kind of one of those things of, like, we talked it out, and then we said it was done. We shook hands, and then we, we hugged it out because, like, we were both, like, just... Like, there was no better way to end that weekend. Um, and then it kind of just dawned on me that, like, I at the start of this year, one of my hobby resolutions was to win a Masters because I was... I've done Warfare Weekend qualifiers. I've won two of those. Well, like, I've always fell short out of Masters. I took second at Warfare Weekends. I've been, like, top eights, top fours of, like, Masters events, but I've never quite gotten to that point. And it kind of dawned on me that, like, I finally I finally did what I've been wanting to, and it was just much earlier than I was kind of expecting for the year, uh, which was, like, a great feeling. And it was kind of just... The, the, the next, like, 20 minutes as I was packing up, I was kind of just in awe and like flabbergasted like i just didn't know what quite to think uh but it was, it was a real good feeling to finally have that happen well congratulations that's fantastic thank you thank it, you it uh it always does feel exciting to uh get your first uh master's win so congratulations thank you well uh with that as uh, i guess kind of the baseline we we have a bunch of listener questions to go through. Um, the first of them, um, we have a, a few from a couple other people than a, a bunch from Bennett. So the first one, uh, we have James Moops Morehouse. He says, uh, you're banned from playing Kruger 2 for the next 12 months. What do you do and how successful is it? Um, so I would probably look towards maybe like a Wormwood. Because uh, it, it kind of covers similar things uh, to Kruger in terms of like the direct like anti-gun line approach uh, and just kind of like as well as fitting the more of the style that I like to play with Kruger, which is kind of the controlling and peace trading elements uh, between like Stranglehold and Hellmouth and stuff like that. Like you can kind of like approach the games on terms that like you want to. Uh, so that'd be a personal choice. But you can obviously like there's multiple routes of like approaching an anti-gun style list uh with circle there's like kruger one who i think actually has room in this meta right now with like the amount of crucible guard and other sort of like gun lines in the lists uh in the in the meta that like kruger one actually has a place again uh, which is strange to say because that's a caster you haven't really heard of much 
uh, like getting into competitive pairs, which I think is dope. Uh, I think Kaya too is like a monster right now. Like she's just so good. She brings shadow pack, which helps into a good amount of guns. Uh, so I think you have a lot of good options for anti-gun lines outside of Kruger. Uh, but personally, I'd probably go Wormwood just out of like personal playstyle. Uh, I'd probably look at something like maybe Wild Hunts or Secret Masters and do like Death Archons with him because he can throw them out pretty far and protect them as well and kind of like make a similar style list as Kruger, except maybe more centered around Living Beast since you can fit in Kruger Zero that way. Um, plus, he just plays like World Weirds extremely well. Like Curse of Shadows with those guys are amazing. Um, and then for the second list, I'd probably look towards maybe like a Chromac one. Uh, he's really good in like the mirror match and he's just good in general. Like beast seals, amazing warpath is a great spell. Uh, <laughs> Warpwolf stalkers threatening 16 inches is really good. <laughs> um, plus like you get to like play the Mark two style circle where like, you get to commit models and then they can't really commit back to you because if you don't have to trigger Warpath to go into their heavy, you get to then Warpath three inches away and then sprint for free. So you end nine inches away from whatever model you were killing, which is always a great feeling for the circle player. Um, like the first time I did that in like October or November after the update hit and after Warfare Weekend, I was just like, huh, this feels like I'm cheating. <laughs> Like, this feels like Mark II Circle again, where I just don't have to give you models. Um, but there's, it's, it's not as, uh, not as punishing as Mark II Circle. There's, with scenario as more live and as pieces being a bit more, uh, volatile, like, there's definitely, like, those Warp Wolves still explode too. Not much. Um, so probably like a Chromac one, just, he's a, he's pretty good generalist caster and he, allows some shoring up of like some wormwood problems which is like really big arm skews like wormwood's really good at picking off like one or two big pieces uh but like having chromac one who can like send in like two stalkers at like power 23 um from like 14 to 16 inches away is just really good to have or like a kaya too because she does something similar or uh if you're really wanting to like break through armor uh, I think Kaya 3 actually has legs right now, too, just between all the changes to Living Beasts and uh, some added protection that Kruger Zero brings some of the Wild Hunt list now. So probably like a Wormwood or Chromac 1, but there's definitely a lot of options to kind of like change that out. Um, and how how do you think the, the Perianger list would perform? I'd feel pretty confident taking that like into a convention. Uh, I definitely... Uh, would have to test around a bit. Like maybe the Wormwood list has to like alter a bit from what I'm playing with, like Kruger. Like maybe fit like a unit of Valkyries in or something for just added range protection and just ways of protecting Cassius. Um, but I'd feel pretty happy about playing that into a lot of the field right now. Um, which I know uh, Morehouse is just going to use as more fuel to try and stop me from playing Kruger. <laughs> That does sound like James, yes. All right, so our next question, uh, this is from the Gucci bit. He says, Privateer Press decides you're going to be the, f- the face for the next mini crate. Uh, what model would you like them to resculpt in your likeness? Oh, Kruger 2, hands down. 
no, no reason besides the fact that I'm obsessed with that caster and I've played him for like three years. Um, if I was picking a model outside of Kruger 2, because uh, that felt like the easy answer and the cop-out answer. Uh, hmm, there's a lot of good options. Um, maybe... You know, I'll go outside a circle for this one. Uh, a Rust 2, because I'll go back to my roots. I'll, I'll, I'll okay. stop myself from forgetting that I started the game as a Kador player and that a Rust 2... It's mostly just based off of uh, Rust 2 being my favorite caster. And I'd also want to re-sculpt where uh, he can stand on the board without tipping over because of his flag. Okay. Um, plus, I just love playing that idiot. <laughs> uh, next question from the glitchy bit. He says, uh, if the WTC required a pro wrestling style entrance, what would your theme music be? Oh, that's... Hmm. Um, that's a good question. Huh. I would have to say, if we're basing it off lists or faction, it'd definitely be like like Rocky like a Hurricane or something like that, because like Kruger. Um, if it's just like personal, it'd be Baby Shark. <laughs> um, because Justin Dew has uh, made sure that that is uh, my, my song. That is and me. It, it... It feels like you would need to to, to, to do like the full uh, wrestling, uh, you know, per, over the top performance, etc. Or oh yeah, I'd, or maybe I'd this is just like, like a, a a bad like, pun, but you, you, it feels like you ought to be playing like one of the Balders with a bunch of wolves, and then <laughs> have the, the the theme song be "We Will Rock You." <laughs> that that's another good one. Yeah, I like that. Um, okay. Yeah. No, that yeah, that that's a good one. Definitely, definitely out there for options. Uh, I, I definitely will have to like think more on that. And now I'm gonna have to ask all three WTC teams. Be like, hey, we all have to pick a song. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So next we have um, a bunch of questions from Benup. Um, so he says, uh, first off, uh, how how to not feel shame playing circle. Uh, you don't. You you accept that as part of the down the 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 very few downsides of playing circle. Uh, and then you overcompensate by being extra friendly to all your opponents. <laughs> okay. Uh, next question from Ben Up. He says, "How's Kruger two these days?" You know what? Still good. To no to no shocker at all. Kruger two still good. Uh, but he he's definitely. Uh, there was definitely times throughout the few years where it felt like you had to have Kruger in your pair. It no longer feels that way, which is really cool. And like, it, it's nice to have like a real nice plethora of options in circle right now. Mm-hmm. So he, he's still very good, but not required, uh, which is definitely different from past years. So this is kind of a follow-up question from Ben up on that topic. He says, uh, does circle this building mainly come down to, finding a pair for Kruger 2, or are there reasons not to take him in every list pair? Um, personally, I'd probably stick with him, but that's just more preference. Uh, I don't think you need to. I think there's a lot of options that... Because before you took him because uh, a lot of the casters relied on Living Beast, and Living Beast weren't really good at the time. Um, and also, between Kruger 0 and the depth of casters that have been added... 
there's more anti-gun line options, which was the other big reason you brought Kruger is like you either brought Kruger, you brought Wormwood as your answer to guns. Outside of that, like Circle had a real hard time in the guns. Uh, but like between Kruger Zero having clouds and like even if they have a way of seeing through clouds, you just put them on the models and now they're minus three range when targeting them. And just like other casters like Kaya Two and Kruger One having like footholds back into the meta, like that's more casters who have tools to play in the guns. Um, so like you can definitely make a list that's like like make a pair that's like Una Two Kaya Two or like Una Two Wormwood or there's there's very few casters right now i would say like i wouldn't put that in a list pair and i think like if you're in a meta with a lot of like i'd say like lists with uh like sprays that threaten heavies or like lists that kind of out threat kruger and are kind of resistant to the control he has so like something like uh like legion can kind of out threat kruger or like mercenaries can play like Bart with like a bunch of heavies and be like extremely hard to take off the board for Kruger. Or like Zaltu Immortals has like all the tools to stop Kruger. It can't be moved, it can't be controlled, it has spell denial, and it just trades really well uh, as tools for rebuke. So then that's probably when I'd start like moving away from Kruger because he's not the best in the Crucible Guard who's really popular right now. Like he's like not great into scorn because of like Zaltu Immortals and then like he kind of hits like a certain like armor point value that he just can't tear through. Uh so that's when I'd probably like directly move away from him. But I just haven't seen a lot of reasoning to personally as of right now. But I know that there's plenty of circle players who've been doing well without Kruger. So his his follow up question is uh do you feel like Kruger two is an issue what would need to change if anything um so if this was months ago before the update i'd say yes definitely an issue um but right now between like all the models that got nerfed like between like kogan scythe death archons uh malvin and windstorm I, i think he's just like a really good like option like he he plays into a lot of things, but he doesn't feel like he's over the top. He feels like like a list that has plenty of am- answers and plenty of hard matchups, um, and isn't like directly like oh I just put models on the board and like I have to mess up to lose this right now. Uh, so I'd say he what isn't an issue right now, uh, in that like most of his issues before. Uh, the update relied around the models that were surrounding him as opposed to himself. Um, I will say, I think if like we're looking at it from a balanced perspective, he does kind of like limit some things. Uh, but I wouldn't say any more than other casters in Circle. Like Wormwood has a similar toolkit in the manner of Kruger, where he has some control effects and he really enables like good models. So I don't think there's really an issue with Kruger as of now. Uh, that answer could always change, but he doesn't feel over the top in any manner. He just feels like a really good caster who can kind of be like a good generalist, but also have a string of bad matchups. All right. Well, we are going to pause there and continue the conversation in the bonus episode. So, Michael, want to thank you very much for... Uh, joining us on this podcast and uh, imparting your wisdom. 
<laughs> thank you for having me. It's always a blast. Yep, you betcha. And thank you to uh, everyone who's listening and supporting the, the podcast and, and being a patron. Uh, and finally, be sure to check out discountgamesinc.com for your gaming needs. We would be excited to help you out. So stay tuned to the bonus episode. Thank <laughs> you.